started by working at large organizations. And, and what I realized throughout my career growth was there was no singular product that supported people's productivity in their career, helped them lift up. There was no singular product for well-being initiatives for my own mind space. Um, and there was no singular product that supported retention of employees. And so I sort of left my corporate day job to start leg up. And, uh, and then we started building all of the science and all of the people analytics around productivity and well-being. And then we layered on a coaching network of absolute experts from around the world that go through a series of six or 12 sessions with an employee and are able to really improve their productivity and well-being. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Today, we are going to have a conversation uh, about one of my most, my personal most favorite topics to talk about, which is, uh, you know, everything that has to do with coaching, wellness, and well-being. And, you know, if you have followed Hacking HR over the past few months and years, you know how much uh, energy we put into bringing these topics forward to educate the community, but also to equip the HR community of professionals and leaders with the tools and the insights and the ideas they need in order to become better coaches, but also to make sure that they are keeping an eye on all things wellness and well-being for the employees in the companies they work for. And today we're going to have a conversation with somebody who is as passionate as I am, probably way more passionate than I am uh, about all these topics uh, related to coaching, wellness, well-being, productivity, performance. He's the uh, co-founder and CEO of LegUp, and he has been uh, you know, an amazing leader in this space. So Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Enrique, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I, I am excited about the conversation. And I want to begin by asking you, I know you, you know, your passion in this area has led you and, and your, your co-founder and, um, you know, your teams to develop tools, including talent insurance for, you know, to make sure that you're focusing on productivity, performance, coaching, wellness, well-being. So can you tell us more about how you bring all these things together in one platform that helps people? Yeah, well, I, I started by working at large organizations. And, and what I realized throughout my career growth was there was no singular product that supported people's productivity in their career, helped them lift up. There was no singular product for well-being initiatives for my own mind space. Um, and there was no singular product that supported retention of employees. And so I sort of left my corporate day job to start leg up and uh and then we started building all of the science and all of the people analytics around productivity and well-being. And then we layered on a coaching network of absolute experts from around the world that go through a series of six or 12 sessions with an employee and are able to really improve their productivity and well-being. Now, before we started this, uh, somebody going through coaching programs would say something like, Yes, it's going well. Thank you for asking. Uh, or uh, I really like my coach. They're really listening to me, which is great. Anecdotal feedback is great. But what I wanted and what our, what our customers want is analytics. We all want people analytics. So tell us how 
in the dimensions of productivity and well-being, employees really are doing. And that's why we built our dashboard that our HR partners are able to look at and see very quickly. How is my organization doing? What does my culture look like? How are my people feeling? Uh, and that was really how we started and, and sort of where we are today. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating, especially because uh, number one, coaching for a long time was risk because of it being so expensive uh, the yeah. way it was traditionally done in the past. It was reserved only for the higher uh, levels in the organization. And now, uh, you know, you have been able to democratize access to, uh, to coaching. But number two, because there was not all, we didn't have the science available before and the data available before. It sounded more as something developmental, but also fluffy, rather than a there's science showing that uh, if you coach people, that helps their wellness and well-being, and also it increases their productivity. So, that, can you can you please navigate us through uh, the dots that connect productivity? wellness, well-being, coaching, and how those dots connect into, you know, a, a picture that makes sense for the organization and for the people, of course, being the recipients of coaching. Oh, of course. I mean, look, the most important thing that we do is we have to personalize experiences. So yeah. um, HR leaders around the world are looking for programs and products that create personalized experiences for employees. So that's really step one. Every employee has to have their own type of programming. You can't give one training or one coaching program to everybody and expect them to react positive to it. Yeah. So the first step is mass customization is really important. The way that we unpack it from there is that we measure 12 dimensions of science and we measure physical health and emotional health. We measure an employee's burnout, their engagement, their relationships, and their job satisfaction. And those are all well-being measures that yeah. we're able to really dig into and find out what's going on. Now, from a productivity standpoint, we want to measure goals, empowerment, regulating emotions, communication, trust, and self-reflection, that ability to look inside ourselves uh, and understand ourselves better. And so when we measure and look at all of these areas through a scientific lens, and we measure on the front end and we measure at the end of our programming, we see enormous growth in these categories. Um, most of our clients, there's 12 categories, most of our clients see uh, growth across the organization in 10 out of 12. Wow. 10 out of 12. That's really good. Yeah. Um, our, our coaches, like I said, are experts. We use a star rating similar to Yelp for those that have Yelp uh, uh, or use it. And our coaches have a 4.85 out of five stars, which wow. is a pretty darn good restaurant, yeah. uh, if you ask me, <laughs> which, tells, which tells our HR partners that the quality is really high. Um, yeah. for these folks. And then I think the, the final bullet, bullet point here, Enrique, is that we measure our net promoter score. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what a net promoter score is, it really is the opinion of the members or the users. Um, and they score it on minus 100 to plus 100. So it's actually a different scoring mechanism than, than a normal score. And we are at a 78. So anything wow. over a 70 is considered exceptional. Um, and we're at a 78. So I think when you think about the member experience and the employee experience, how does that feel? And for them, they're saying, wow, this is really impactful for my life and my career. Yeah, that, 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 that is fantastic. And uh, you, know, you, you mentioned before uh, something along the lines of mass uh, customization, which reminded me of all the ideas in the book, The Experience Economy, uh, which I don't know if you've read, but I, you know, that's exactly what you're doing, right? You are 
you know, uh, making sure that your the people that you're serving, your customers, both companies and individuals, are getting a great experience out of uh, you know their coaches and the relationship with their coaches, and that reflects in the productivity and their well-being. And I want to ask you, based on all the research and the science and the work that you've done, what what make what makes a coaching program successful? What are the things that you have to keep an eye on to make sure that you know, not that you won't make those mistakes, but that you will try to avoid them as much as possible? Well, I, th I think it starts with the strategy at the corporate level. Yeah. So what we tend to see is organizations come to us and say, I have 15 leaders that I really want to support, and they may have 500 employees. And that tends to be sort of that legacy thinking. Um, what we try to turn people towards is, look, we've made this so affordable that you can roll this out to all 500 people and make an impact on 500 people. And so the success of a program really starts at the top with the, the right critical thinking. Don't limit yourself to let's do this for 10 people that I think need it. Give it to 500 people who absolutely will need it. And we see utilization in the 40% range, Wow! right? So you're going to have on a 500 life group, you're going to have over 200, almost 250 people that are utilizing our programming, which is exceptional, right? Yeah. If you think about EAPs from a long time ago, you get one to 3% in an EAP, right? They're still picking up the phone and calling call centers <laughs> in EAPs, right? I always joke. It's like, you know, people are still smoking on airplanes uh, with EAPs, right? It's, yeah. It is something so long ago. And I, I encourage HR leaders to expect more from their partners. Yeah. And if you're not getting 40%, 50% utilization from a partner, why is that program in place? Yeah, You've really got to ask yourself that question. So it all starts with the strategic approach, and then it trickles down into real success at the employee level. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And the, especially I love the idea of, you know, measuring that people are actually utilizing uh, the service available and making it available, especially to those that need it the most, right? And and again, in the past, it was just reserved for the, the, the higher levels, sorry, the higher levels in the organization. And now, of course, it's being democratized to more people across the organization because you know that coaching is effective for those that are leading or for the mid-managers or for the individual contributors as well. Uh, what's next for Leg Up? I mean, what's, uh, you've been very successful with the, uh, with the story of um, your working coaching. Uh, you know, what are you thinking of, you know, going forward? I mean, what's, uh, what's the next uh, uh, challenge, if you will, in this uh, journey that you have ahead of you? Well, in current times, HR partners are talking about the turnover tsunami. Uh, they're talking about people leaving the organization. They're seeing turnover rates go up. And one of the things they've asked us to look at is how can you help me retain my employees? Yeah. So what we're offering um, to our customers moving forward, and we've just started this year, so this is kind of fresh out of the oven, uh, is, uh, is that we will reimburse an organization if somebody finishes our programming and leaves the company. Wow. So we're so confident that we know what we're doing. We know how to help retain people that if somebody takes our programming and leaves, we'll pay you. Wow. Uh, and we should, right? Yeah. There's no other partner in the HR space that's doing any of that work that really puts their money where their mouth is. Yeah. And uh, and our combined product, productivity, well-being, retention is really the wave of the future uh, in, in supporting HR. No, that, that's, I think it's truly fascinating. Um, 
and and definitely a I, I can tell that it's a risk that you are willing to take because you know the effectiveness and the quality of uh, of the conversations on the product and the uh, uh, and the impact that you are causing as well. Um, one one more question, Tom, that, that I want to ask you to to wrap up our conversation. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the product and about the offering from the side of HR, the people that you talk to in companies. What would you want, you know, if they don't have something that you think, if they had this one skill, if they had this one ability, I would be able to have a much more valuable and significant conversation with them about coaching. And I ask you this question because, well, I, I want to make sure that they have the, uh, uh, the ability to to understand what this means and the 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 the, the, the positive impact that it can cause in their organization. What would you want HR to to build? What skills would you want them to uh, invest uh, on in themselves in order to have sort of that better conversation with you? It's a great question to ask, and and my answer is very straight straightforward. There's a couple of components to it. First, be an innovator in your company. So be that leader that says, I can find new tools and resources for the betterment of my organizational culture and the betterment of my people. Um, and where that leads to is don't sit on the sidelines. HR and people leadership is not about compliance. It's not about group trainings. It's not about stuff from the 1980s. Um, we have to have the confidence yes. to say the world has changed and and have a confident conversation with our CFO and our CEO, if needs be, and say, look, the market has moved, things have changed. There are programs that we have that we're paying for that we don't use. Yeah. Let's get rid of those and bring in something that's new, innovative, and defines our new culture moving forward. And I think it's that innovation and that confidence yeah. to have a discussion and know that people leaders are so important in yeah. organizations yeah. and don't undervalue yourself. Yeah. Um, the, the people leaders that I work with are so talented, but for decades, they haven't necessarily been treated the right way in organizations yeah. or given the right authority. And so we're here to give them analytics and data and show them how they're generating revenue for their company and show them how to innovate. And, and I think those are really the key components that I would embark on, on my colleagues in this space. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And in fact, I, I always say that, uh, sort of the, the main obstacle that uh, you know, prevents HR from becoming the leader that is bringing organizations and people into the future. It's not tools, skills, capabilities. It's more our own mindset, you know, what we believe that we are. And, and I say, you know, if we believe that we are about compliance, that's what we're going to do. And if we believe that we are a change maker, an innovator, like you said before, a people analytics informed kind of professional, that's what we're going to do. And if we don't know how to do it, we're going to get on to the learning to make sure that we learn the tools and the insights and we get uh, to work on that. So uh, so thank you so much for bringing that up and that uh, refreshing uh, message. So Tom, thank you so much for spending this time with me, sharing your insights about coaching, the product and the opportunities uh, you know, for, for employees and for HR professionals as well. Enrique, thank, thank you so much for having me. If uh, your audience is interested, they can go to legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P.com and check us out. Or if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's simply Tom Finn, Leg Up, uh, and I'm easy to find.
Awesome, Tom. Well, thank you so much. We, I'll make sure to share those links as well with the community. So thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.